What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League podcast here on FanRag Sports with me, Sebastian Noren, and Elliot Niblock. Paulie is off in London at the same time as Elliot is in New York City. So I don't know what to think about that. Maybe he's avoiding you. <laughs> That's what I said, man. It's like, hey, we were finally going to be able to actually watch one of these games in the same place and talk about all the things that we talk about on the show every week in real time. But lo and behold, he, he says it's for work. I think he's just absconding. I don't know. Maybe he's having a tryst with a secret lover in London. I'm Hopefully not... he doesn't have a life partner that I'm getting him in trouble with right now. But Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know if I would want to watch a game with Polly. <laughs> Uh, well, the thing is, at least you guys are fans of the same club, so that that mitigates the rage factor a little bit. You can wail towards the same end, That's even true. if the wailing happens. That's true, even though we don't always see, see eye to eye, even when it comes to United. Yeah, but, you know, this show would be boring if we all agreed all the time. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. And let's start with Manchester United and... I want to call it a embarrassing effort in the replay against Sevilla, but I don't feel like that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you, you hit the nail on the head there, right? I mean, like it was, I mean, we spoke about this last time too, is that they, they need to come out with their foot on the gas and they came out with the most Mourinho of the Mourinho anti-football and it, they, they lost it. You know, it was, uh, I, again, from speaking of our different allegiances, I thought it was comical, not because I cheer against United, though occasionally I will, but mostly because I cheer against Mourinho, whom my hatred for him particularly runs far deeper than my club rivalries. And it was, okay, before before we get to what happened afterwards, Seb, why don't you give me some of your thoughts about what we saw on the pitch itself? They were lackluster. They were... It were, they were clearly instructed by Mourinho to not try and, you know, express any of their offensive talent. It was like, no, we're going to sit back. We're going to try and just nick a goal on a set piece or something. And they play so such a negative brand of soccer. And then it ended up biting them in the, in the butt. You know. Hey, yep, there we it, go. New York City. Yeah, we've been- <laughs> there we go. Oh, we, couldn't, we couldn't have an episode without some sirens. Right? That's true. That's a- true. I'm the the role of Polly Sirens is played by me today. Yeah, and this this um, Ben Yedder came on for Sevilla, scored twice, and you know they looked the more the more dangerous team throughout this whole game. Yeah, they were they looked hungry and up for it, and the United players, and it's again it's hard to blame them for this. Looked disillusioned by the tactical instructions they'd been given. And although they clearly seem to try to fulfill the roles that they'd been assigned, it's also just not in some of their DNA. And when you have those kind of talented options moving forward and you tell them to play that way, it's it's going to foster disillusionment. And you know, I gestured towards this before, but the thing that drives me crazy was Mourinho's comments after the match. Oh, right? he, this is, yeah, he's gone off the deep end now. I, well, yeah, he's. He, it's the same thing. It's the same thing as when he got the sack at Chelsea, and he said, "You know, the players have betrayed me." And this is just—I find it, I find it not just, not you know, not just speaking to like his character or maybe lack thereof, but I, from a neutral point of view, I find it infuriating and kind of gross, right? The way in which 
he his job is to literally be a leader of men and you cannot do that effectively i don't care if the context is a martial context in the trenches or a sporting context on the touchline you cannot do that if your players know that you know maybe not this week maybe not even this season but at some point you're liable to throw them all under the bus and he's done it time and time again and the thing is that he does it time and time again because the only thing that's sacred to him is his own ego and he sees that the ship is sinking he doesn't want to be a part of it and so he says this hateful bullshit in an attempt an explicit attempt to get the sack early yeah no it's and he had a long long layout here on the press conference on friday a someone timed it 12 minute defense of his record (laughs) at the club and you know oh my god it is it's gone off the deep end here. We'll see what happens. I mean, hopefully the United board will come to their senses and realize that this is not the manager for the club. He's not going to bring them success. The best they can hope for now is the FA Cup. I mean, and that he, he, that would be such them, a yeah. poor, poor, you know, solace. Yes, it's yes, it's a trophy, but at the same time, the way they crashed out of the Champions League here and how far behind they are Manchester City in the league. Well, and here's, here's the thing for me, Seb, that on the one hand, a, a lot, you know, we'll talk about, about the quote-unquote smaller clubs, right? And they would kill to have the success in the EFL Cup, the Europa League, and as you gestured towards potentially the FA Cup, right? Even two of those three trophies, one of those three trophies in the span of two years would be a huge boon to a team like a Norwich or a West Brom. But United are clearly not that. And not only are their aspirations higher as they should be for a club of their stature, but beyond that, the brand of football on offer is just, it's so awful. You know, if you, if you're losing games five, three consistently because you have a terrible defense or a woeful goalie, as opposed to the greatest goalkeeper in the world at the moment, then that's one thing. But when you when you choose these kind of, I used the phrase anti-football before, right? Like these totally defensive negative tactics. And it's fine if you can deliver championships. And even then it's still boring, but results are results. And now it's not only boring and without results, but also with that extra of Mourinho veneer of bullshit that comes with him throwing his players down and saying, oh, it's not my fault. Look at my record. It's fine. It's yeah. them. And I mean, that's the thing too. If the results are there, yeah, you just got to swallow it and be like, okay, well, we're winning. You can't complain too much. But yep. they're not winning and it looks absolutely horrific on the field. And now he's talking about buying, he needs to buy more players. And we've just gone so far from the team's identity and it all started with David Moyes coming in and then Van Hal and now yep. Mourinho and I'm just I'm just sad seeing what this club is turning into really yeah. I don't yeah, I don't no. look forward to the games anymore well <laughs> hey from from an Arsenal perspective that was pretty much all of February for me so I uh, <laughs> I, I can hear you on that one but of course we've had We've had greater success recently uh, in the European competition, yeah. so we'll get to the Europa League. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's the thing to my final word here on United. It's just that that 
little the start of the season gave me some hope. Then it was taken away. That first yeah. half against Liverpool a couple of weeks ago gave me hope. And then it was taken yeah. away. So it, it extremely frustrating. Extremely, extremely frustrating. We should say that uh, Roma knocked out Chakhtar Donetsk uh, after a goal by Edin Dzeko in that yeah. second leg. So Roma advance on away goals. That was 2-2 on aggregate score. Dzeko continues scoring. I mean, he wouldn't surprise me if he ended up moving somewhere else this mm-hmm. summer. Then uh, Barcelona knocked out Chelsea. It was 3-0 in that second leg. Barcelona moves on. Four to one on aggregate. Chelsea supporters were really pissed off after this one. Understandable, also, although they have, they did have some chances. They hit the woodwork twice. So, yeah, I mean they, but it's also not surprising given what we talked about. You know, if they if they defend the same way they did against Palace against Barca, they're going to get shredded, and they got shredded. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Thursday. As you alluded to, Arsenal defeating AC Milan 3-1, 5-1 on aggregate. Uh, Welbeck scored a brace. Yep. With a, did you see this match, Seb? Nope. Uh, the very controversial dive for his first goal. I shouldn't say very controversial dive. Very controversial penalty. Uh, in, incontrovertible dive. Like, he, he felt... The I don't even know if he felt real contact, but he felt the idea of contact. He felt the he wind down. Yeah, well, but the thing is that in real time, the, okay. First of all, I should say Welbeck should have been given a yellow card. I think, and also I should say that the amount of kind of vitriol that he's received for this is unwarranted. You know, he's not he's not the worst culprit for diving in the league or the game more broadly iron robin cough cough no i mean he's not the first one and he's definitely not going to be the last one no but he i mean the referee got it wrong but at the same time in real time it really did look like he'd been pulled back but it was the wrong call yeah it came at a pivotal time in the match and so while i can i understand on some level the way that people say oh it it totally changed the complexion of the tie okay sure but even without it Arsenal would have won 4-1 on, like, the scoreline itself. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can say the balance of play would have changed. But to be honest, for me, the biggest thing is that we've seen this Arsenal team time and again concede a goal and then just, uh, you know, collapse like a house of cards in a typhoon. And this time, this time, what, even though the penalty itself should not have been given, but they responded with immediacy and buoyancy and they were on the front foot and they looked dangerous instantly following conceding. And that to me is, I think, probably the greatest bit of hope that Arsenal fans can and should take from this midweek fixture, right? It's, it's not just that we qualified for the quarterfinals. It's not just that we did so against, you know, a, a club of major stature in AC Milan, but it's the way that they responded, not by just turning turtle, but rather by putting their foot on the gas, doing exactly the opposite that Mourinho's United did against Sevilla. And it was it was something that I really appreciated seeing. I, it was kind of a shame that the goal was it came in the fashion that it did as they pushed for that response. But they nonetheless kept their foot on the gas and scored more and made that admittedly wrong and controversial decision 
not the clear-cut difference maker that a lot of people in the press want to make it out to be. Yeah, so next up for Arsenal in the quarterfinal will be Seska Moscow. So yep. that will be an interesting uh, away trip there. At least they start at home. You, well, and at least they didn't get it let it go, which are, I think, I think you have to say that on quality and current form in this season, Atletico Madrid have to be the front runners to win the Europa League. But I also think that, you know, based on these recent performances, maybe you can make an argument that Arsenal are the the runners up behind them in terms of favorites for the competition. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You know, I'm going to root for Moscow. And that's only because of Pontus Van Bloom. Or Swedish hero. Actually, yes. Well, I was going to just say the other um, uh, Russian team that played before Arsenal, Zenit, kind of got robbed because they they looked really, really good, uh, but they just barely fell short against Red Bull Leipzig, uh, and they really should have had a penalty also yeah. that would have squared it up and sent it to extra time. So, a little bit, a little bit sad for Roberto Mancini's Zenit, but oh well. Oh, well. The we Russian should, hopes will ride in Moscow. Yeah, we should say also in the Champions League quarterfinals, I would say unfortunately Liverpool got drawn against Manchester City. Uh, Barcelona yeah. got Roma, Juventus, Real Madrid, and Sevilla, Bayern Munich. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to see two English sides go up in a knockout game unless it's yeah. the final. Well, it's... Yeah, I, I understand because they don't allow that in the previous rounds. I, I don't understand why they couldn't make that change to have it just be no two teams from the same domestic league play one another until at least the semifinals, yeah. right? You know, because it's when you get down when you get down to the semifinals, then if there are two English teams left in it, okay, well now there's absolutely no mystery left, right? Yeah. And then what do you do if there are three? Then you have to make an exception to the rule. So, yeah. <laughs> although, <laughs> oh, God, three English teams in the semifinals of the Champions League. That'll be the day. Yeah, we can always dream, right? <laughs> we can always yeah. dream. But on paper, that's a, at least a you know a good matchup, Liverpool-Man City. Mm-hmm. I think Juventus-Real Madrid is probably the one that sticks out the most. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's the marquee matchup. I think that... Uh, yeah, I think that uh, all credit to Roma for going through, but I also think that uh, Barca will be very pleased with that draw given the potential opponents they might have faced. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So those will get underway in about two and a half weeks. So we're going to take a quick break here, then it's time for some Premier League and FA Cup talk. So stick around. And we're back so far. No more sirens from the Buzzling streets of New York City. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? Right on cue. There's one in the ah, distance. There we go. Nice. <laughs> it's like they almost could hear me. Oh well. Yeah, well. nearly so. I mean, I'm you know I'm just north of Union Square off Broadway, so they're they're gonna happen. But it's it's relatively quiet outside of the Old Town Bar, home to the oldest dumb waiters in the city of New York that are still active. A quaint but remarkable claim to fame, I guess. Mm. Oh, there you go. Okay, <laughs> they describe them themselves as the oldest means of restaurant conveyance, which Ooh. it's like even that language is antiquated. How appropriate! I was gonna say it's a bit antiquated and it's a little bit pretentious too. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the nice thing is that the bar itself is just 
playing dropkick Murphys and selling cheap pitchers of beer. So, Well, you can't go wrong there as long as it's not the ones who shall not be named. We're not going to name them. We can just call them. We'll, we can just call them Big Beer. How about that? We we'll call them Big Beer. We don't like that. So we got the FA Cup quarterfinals starting on uh, Saturday with two games. Swansea takes on Tottenham Hotspur, then Manchester United take on Brighton and Hove Albion, and then Sunday Wigan against Southampton, and then Leicester City against Chelsea. So let's start things off with. Swansea against Spurs. That's early kickoff, 8.15 a.m. Eastern. And I'm sorry, Ted. Did you say that's at Wembley or is that in Wales? No, it's in Wales. Oh, okay. Hey, they've got, they have a fighting chance in Wales. That doesn't mean that the Spurs shouldn't be favored. It doesn't mean that even a Harry Kane-less Spurs shouldn't be favored. But uh, the Swans will hold a fighting chance in that one. Well, it sort of depends, too. How do they acclimate it? You know, Kane is going to be out here for a couple of weeks. And well, he's he's gonna. At first, they feared it was gonna be much more, but I think that they're looking at uh, four weeks right yeah. now is the timetable that he put on it at the most recent press conference. Yeah. So I mean, now it's up to you know Christian Eriksen, Jose Ming, and the other guys sort of step up. Deli Ali. And I mean, they still have a lot of great talent going forward. So I I don't see them just collapsing against a Swansea that's been you know, fairly poor if we look at the whole season. Oh, yeah, he's extremely poor. But that they're, they are a, a schizophrenic team whose success and failure doesn't fall perfectly along the lines of home and away. But they have been way better at home. I mean, we talked about this a lot on the mm-hmm. show before. And so I think that that's, that gives them a chance. And the Spurs team has also showed us that they can be somewhat schizophrenic themselves. So it's... Again, it's a game in which Spurs should definitely be heavily favored, but you know, don't don't let your jaw drop past your ankles if Swans end up pulling this one off. Yes, yeah, so now we've gotten the word schizophrenic and buoyancy into this episode. So here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Uh, antiquated schizophrenic buoyancy. That yep. can be the tagline, and then no one will listen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then United at home to Brighton. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what to think about this team. I don't know how much Mourinho yeah. is going to rotate, but this is a game they should win, will they? I have no clue. I I think they will. I have to believe that they're going to bounce back. But the other question is, I mean, well, so here's the thing, is that if if you're Jose, you have to recognize, well, you don't have to. Who knows what goes through that man's head? But you should probably recognize, on the one hand, this is the remainder of your season in terms of realistic trophy aspirations. On the other, how much have you just lost the locker room based on your recent failure, based on not only the tepid instructions you gave, but also the post-match presser? So the thing is that I, it doesn't seem unthinkable to me that Jose says, whatever, you, you do what you want, and then they go out there and play a uh, free, open, attacking, flare-filled style of football and come out with a 3-4 goal victory. I mean, that would be nice, but at the same time, if he starts Maron Fellini again, I'm going to puke. <laughs> I am so uh, tired yeah. of seeing that Bozo in the starting 11. Yeah, and uh, I mean, 
Bozo beyond just the hair, but Bozo yes. because of the hair a little No, but I mean, then that's the thing, too. He's been out for quite a while, and then it's like, oh, you know what? Here's our most important game so far this season. Let's start him when he's just yeah. back from injury. He's not that good. He's, I, yeah. I, ugh, it boggles my mind. Yeah, Marie, he, I, I wonder if, especially given Mourinho's managerial style, maybe Fellaini's personality is just like, constant perfect kowtowing and that's why Mourinho loves him so much Maybe. I can't figure out another reason <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I have no idea okay so the hope for the minnows that's Wigan the small guys how do you think they'll fare against Southampton they are at home which is yeah. a plus for them yeah I mean they uh, they sit in second place in league one this would well this would also be by far the lesser, even though it's further, you know, uh, uh, an advanced stage in the competition, nonetheless, this would be a far smaller upset than Wigan over Manchester City. So you got you have to believe if you're a Wigan supporter that there's a real chance for them to pull it off. Yeah, and Southampton, we all know. Woeful rec- form themselves. Yeah, recently fired their manager and all, everything that comes with that, so... Uh, we'll give him a good chance. I hope. I hope they go through. Yeah, I would honestly. I would. I would bet that game at not mu- not much more than kind of parity of even money. Yep. And then Leicester at home to Chelsea is the late later game on Sunday. Yeah, and the thing is that on the one hand, although everybody loves cheering for a lower division club against a team in the top flight. That's definitely the premier matchup of this weekend's FA Cup fixtures, I, in, in my mind, anyway. Oh, yeah. No, it is. Last time these two teams met, it was a, a scoreless draw. Hoping we'll see some goals um, this time around. But you got to give Leicester a fairly fairly decent chance in this one, too. Chelsea, we don't know yeah. how, how they will react to that loss against Barcelona. Yeah, there I I give... <laughs> I give them a better chance despite top flight opposition against Leicester than I do even Southampton against Wigan, I have to say. Yeah, and then we should also say that Will Grigg is on fire. He leads the FA Cup scoring race so far with seven goals. So there yeah. we have it. We got a couple of games here in the Premier League as well, and we'll sort of bake that into our scoring prediction. And um, before we get that underway. Polly is in the lead 228. I'm in second place now, 197, and Elliot you're in last with 196. Yeah, we're uh, I have a feeling we're going to be having our own mini little pseudo relegation battle of our own right yep. up until the very end here. So four Premier League games on the docket. First out is Stoke at home to Everton. And polly has got a 1-1 draw in that one. And I have a two-to-one win for Everton. Well, that was going to be my suggestion, so I'm going to have to go with a clean sheet in order to try to bridge that gap. Two-nil to Everton. Two-nil Everton. Okay. Then we got Bournemouth at home to West Brom. Paulie says two-nothing to Bournemouth. I say one-one. And I say one-nil Bournemouth. And you say one-nil Bournemouth. Hmm. Yep. At least we're different on that one. Then Huddersfield at home to Crystal Palace. I should say that all these games are on Saturday as well. Uh, Pauly goes one nothing Crystal Palace. I go two to one Crystal Palace. 
And I go 1-1. One, one. We've got a lot of parody going on here. 1-1, one, one. okay. I just feel like it's it's Palace's time. They played so well and fallen short a couple of games here in a row. So I think they're going to have enough in them to actually get to three points this time around. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they very nearly took points off Chelsea in their last fixture. So it's not an unreasonable prediction by any means. And then lastly, we got Liverpool at home to Watford. Paulie's going three to one Liverpool. I'm going three nothing Liverpool. And I'm going two nil Liverpool. So when they're on that second goal, I'm going to be cheering really hard against them, even <laughs> though I hope they continue to win. There you go. And then Watford <laughs> scores, and then you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's how things are at the moment. We hope you enjoyed the weekend, and we'll talk to you again probably on Monday. Until then, have a good one. And be sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats Was Better. Paulie's Peak was Stella. Fanrag Sports. FRS Football. There we have it. Bye-bye. Thank you.